Welcome in live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live. Our spring sports are in full swing, and tonight we are talking women's lacrosse as the head coach for the Camels, Don Easley, stops by. As our spring sports heat up, our winter sports wrap up, our men's and women's indoor track teams both finished second at the Big South Championships over the weekend. Some truly unbelievable individual performances that we will talk about later in the show men's and women's basketball it is championship week they will both head down to charlotte for the big south conference tournament it's being held again this year at bojangles coliseum and our wrestling team tries to win their fifth straight conference tournament title they will wrestle for another championship on saturday this wednesday our women's lacrosse team travels to fairfax virginia to take on george mason university Campbell will then finally be back home for four of their next five games starting this Saturday at 1 when Campbell takes on Old Dominion. The match will be shown on ESPN+. Plus. We would love to see in the stands. And to tell us about that and a whole lot of other things is our guest head lacrosse coach Don Easley. Coach Easley came into Campbell in year two of the program. At the time, it was a brand-new program. She has since built this team into a conference power 38 Camels have been named to the All-Big South team, three Conference Players of the Year, four Big South Scholar Athletes of the Year, including two Big South All-Decade Performers. In 2022, easily led the Camels to their third double-figure win season, setting a school record for Big South victories in a single year with seven. CU also set another program record with seven consecutive wins during 2022. In her 10th year at the helm, it's Campbell lacrosse head coach Don Easley. Coach, thank you for being here. How the heck are you? Thank you, Chris. I'm doing really good. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, three games into the season, what can you tell us uh, about your team, this edition of your Camels? We're still figuring each other out. We're three games into it, but, you know, it's the beginning of the season for a reason. Still trying to figure out how everything works, how to work together. Um, Defensively, solid, really doing a great job. I feel like we have a lot of upperclassmen leading defensively. Um, offensively, we've got a lot of power shooters, a lot of uh, good offensive stuff, just trying to put it all together. Um, we've seen three different teams. We've seen three different types of offenses, three different types of defenses. Learning how to adjust, learning how to stick to a game plan is definitely a big one for us right now. Um, how, how tough is that to get everybody on the same page as this year starts, or is that really what the non-conference part of the season is for? Yeah, you try to work on that during the non-conference season, but I think it's an ever-evolving um, thing that you try to work through through the entire season of learning how to work together because as you start playing games and then you start seeing teams and they start breaking you apart, you start trying to figure out how do you mold and develop and, and work with each other and, um, and, and become a dynamic team as other teams start scouting you. Talk a little bit more about your offense. Your offense has gotten off to a, to a fairly good start this, this season. What, what is special about that group? Um, we've got some girls who are really committed to, to doing uh, to the offense. We've got we got Sam, who's right now our leading scorer, Sam Bischoff, and then we've got Rasa, who's been really stepping up into some big roles this year at the crease. Um, we've got Jocelyn Hanbury, who's doing a great job for us. She's uh, also filling in a role which I don't think she was really expecting to down at the crease, um, and she's done a really great job with that. Um, and Allie, of course, who's coming off an ACL injury, who has done um, an incredible job of being a quarterback back there and, and talking to the girls. So I'm really excited about what they are offering and just the chemistry that they're building together. Um, I'm really proud of them for what they've done so far, and I'm excited to see how they keep building. 
you had already mentioned it defensively. Uh, you have shown a lot uh, with what you have done so far this year. W what do you like about your defensive crew? Oh man, they're, they're a unit right now. They're, they're holding us together uh, big time. They're also re all returning. Um, so we've got um, Becca, who's preseason defender of the year um, in, in all conference, uh, defensive player of the year last year. She's doing a great job. Um, Chandler Stewart is doing an excellent job as, as a defender. She is, um, she is tough. She's so tough right now. And then we've got Katie Ogil, who's doing a great job as one of our um, matchup defenders. And she's also doing a great job on the circle. So um, that really helps out a lot. And then we've got um, Shay Fitzgerald, who was actually a midfielder last year. And she stepped up for us big time on the defensive end. She's got a lot of speed, a lot of grit. Um, and then we've also got a freshman who's getting a lot of playing time, and that is um, Brooke. And she has helped us out a lot so far. So I'm, and, and then right now we've got um, in goal, we've got Emma and Natalie who've been splitting time. Emma was our starting goalkeeper last year. And then Natalie, who actually we recruited as a midfielder. <laughs> and um, due to some circumstances, we've actually trained her into a goalie, and now she's, she's competing for a starting spot. So that, that you don't see that every day. Um, so our defensive unit right now is, is, um, is solid. I, I was going to ask you about your goalkeeping because of injuries. You, you really only had one last year at, at some times, and so you had to do, do a lot of things. How nice is it to be able to have options at, at goalkeeper? It, it's great. Um, we've got four goalies right now who are all doing a great job of competing with each other. A lot of um, just a lot of commitment from all four of them, doing a lot of individuals' development. Um, yeah, Natalie, I mean, stepped up in a big way for us last year. She actually had a torn labrum, and she played goalie all of last year. She couldn't play midfield, so she we needed an extra goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and Kelsey trained her into um, a goalie because we needed her, and she played the whole year with a torn labrum in her oh shoulder. Oh, my gosh. Um, and after the season was over, you know, we asked her, what do you want to do? And she said, I want to keep playing goalie. And she committed her summer to working on it. Um, she got the surgery, and um, she's done a great job. And um, she's just completely committed to the position, which is great. I can imagine it gives you just so much more options in practice as well. I mean, that was affecting how you practice with your goalkeeper situation, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it definitely helps with the com competition back there. Um, two road games last week, including a, your heartbeat is probably just coming down from a two overtime thriller. Um, you guys taking on William, William and Mary, it had 10 ties and, and four lead changes. How intense was that game, and, and what did you like for your team in that game? So the big thing for us going into that game was sticking to the game plan. And we needed the girls to understand what the game plan was, and, and we talk a lot about um, being mission-driven and not emotionally focused, um, not relying on your emotions, but sticking to the game plan. And they did that the whole game. They did a great job with it. The whole game, you know, even with those lead changes, there was never really a two-goal lead in either direction. And... Um, the girls stuck to the game plan for the majority of that game, and we made some silly mistakes, um, you know, to be expected at the beginning of the year, and, and some of those did cost us. But at the end of the day, they, they stayed mission-focused, which was what we needed during that game. Even during the overtimes, um, you know, they did what they needed to do. It just didn't come out for us. We had our opportunities, though. Um, how tough is it doing two road games in a week like that? Yeah, it's just kind of part of it, you know? We, we did that on purpose during our preseason setup or our uh, non-conference setup because we have to expect that going into conference. When we get into conference play, we've got a big conference, and we're going to have to see five games in a row Wednesday, Saturday, and some of them are going to be multiple away games in a row, and we've just got to be ready for that. So we, we set it up so that we were prepared. Um, you've played only one home match so far this season. After the first one, 
Your team swept the weekly awards. Sam Bischoff, you mentioned her already. Last year, she was the midfielder of the year in this conference. She leads your team with 14 goals. She was the offensive player of the week for week one, that eight goal, two assist performance. What makes her so special? She's been doing it for years now. She has just so much grit. Um, she's got a nose for the goal. She's a shooter. She wants to make the big plays. Um, she wants to win. She, she just has this desire in her to be the best, and she wants to bring others along, and, and she really wants to just lead this program to the next steps, and I think that, that her heart is really there, and, um, and she's always played that way. I mean, even when we were recruiting her, when I would watch her, she, she just she loves the game of lacrosse. She loves to study it. She wants to talk about it. She really wants to become a better player, and she puts forth the effort to do that, and she wants to bring others along with her. You, you mentioned recruiting, and it's interesting when, when Campbell started this program now in its 11th season here, there weren't a lot of women's lacrosse teams in the state, in the South. They have added more each and every year. Great for the entire game of lacrosse, and I'm sure uh, makes things very competitive as far as recruiting goes. So now that you've established this, this winning program, this winning culture, when you are talking to recruits, what are you telling them about your program in Campbell University? Yeah, so lacrosse in North Carolina is not all that big. Um, and it, it wasn't when I first got here. It really has propelled and grown. And, and now there are quality lacrosse players in North Carolina to recruit. When I first got here, we had, a, we had a few. And even the best ones that are in the state, they just didn't necessarily want to stick around. Yeah. Um, and then now, today, there's just really great lacrosse players in the Raleigh area, in the Charlotte area, in the Greensboro area that are getting looks from really big schools and quality club programs. Um, and they're giving us the time of day now because they see that Campbell is a name to compete with, especially if kids want to stay in the South. Um, the thing that we're pitching to the best lacrosse players in North Carolina is stay in your state and really make Campbell a name and show people around, around the country that North Carolina lacrosse is great. And, um, and I think that they're really buying into that because they see what we're trying to do here, um, trying to you know, produce a family here at Campbell amongst our program, but then also be competitive outside of here. And, and we've done that. We've done that in the Big South. We've been competitive, and we've, we've played great lacrosse, and now we get to go do that up in the Northeast. Does it make you someone who has dedicated so much of her life to the game as a player, a student athlete, and then a coach, is it nice that you see this state where you played in, you coached in at Pfeiffer, you came here to Campbell, you, you've been doing this for a while now, that, that you have helped water the seeds and, and tend the fields for, for what lacrosse is in North Carolina. That's got to make you feel good. Yeah, you don't really think about it in that, in that manner, but um, I mean, yeah, you're right. I think anything, anytime you're going to stick into a state for long enough, eventually with a sport like lacrosse, you know, you're, 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 the clinics you're holding, the um, when you're recruiting, you're definitely making lacrosse better around you. And then we have lacrosse, player, lacrosse players who graduated from Campbell who are now coaching, you know, at yeah. the high school level, at the club level, at the, at, even at the college level. We've got alumni that are here who are um, developing those players. And I'm excited to say that I've got alumni in different areas of the state that are helping. Um, we will go back to the, uh, to, to the non-conference um, schedule now as, as we take a look at it again. You've already put together some tough ones as far as taking on at East Carolina. You'll be at George Mason. Tell me about what's coming up, Old Dominion this Saturday. What, what can you expect from them? You know, that's going to be an interesting game. They've got a new coach. Um, they got a new system. I got to watch them play a little bit. And um, I'm very excited to see what they do. The new coach, she came from a, a quality program, and she did a great job there. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. 
Um, they had a couple of big wins early on in the, in the preseason, and, and so I'm excited to see what they come out with us with. And then you go uh, on the road at Clemson, a fairly new program, correct? Yeah, so Clemson's in their first year. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, they have, um, I, you know, don't quote me on the numbers, but they probably have 40 girls on the team, and 25 of them are transfers. Wow. Something along those lines. But, um, yeah, Clemson's got a lot of talent. And those those kids that transferred in, they're, they're really – top-notch kids. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to see what they do. They lost to Notre Dame the other day by four, so that was um, interesting to see that. It's it's going to be a fun one, and yeah. Clemson's a great environment to be in, so I'm excited about playing them. So that is uh, nowhere near your average first-year women's lacrosse program. No, but it is <laughs> exciting to see the ACC expand. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Then you're at home against Marist. Um, what can you tell me about the, the Foxes? Yeah, uh, not much right now. Yeah, yeah. One <laughs> game at a time. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, one game at a time. <laughs> uh, we've never actually played them before, but yeah. they were coming down for their spring break, and I thought, why not? You yeah. Know, it's a great Northeast team. Um, anytime you change regions, you're going to be seeing a different style of lacrosse. So um, it was a great opportunity for us to expand. Yeah, C Coastal Carolina then kind of rounds out your, your non-conference schedule. They have been a rival of yours for, for a long, long time. Is the rivalry still there with you all? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, something about Coastal Carolina, you know, <laughs> I think deep down you're always going to have that rival with them back from the Big South. But our last um, regular season matchup, we ended up beating them, which was really exciting. So it's going to be great to have them back here at our place and, um, and, and see how, you know, A-Sun and Big South match up to each other. All right, we are going to take a break, come back and talk more about the uh, unbelievable year you put together last year and then uh, what the conference looks like for this year. That's all coming up as Camel Call Live rolls on from the county seat in downtown Lillington. Welcome back to the county seat in downtown Lillington. You can listen to every broadcast live as you are doing now on GoCamels.com and the Varsity Sports app. If you miss us live, you can catch us on the Camel Call Live podcast. It drops every Tuesday on YouTube, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other places you get your podcasts with Campbell women's lacrosse head coach Don Easley. We are talking about this season. Let's talk about the Big South this year, of course, the, the big news recently in the Big South was the fact that they added some pretty good SOCON teams in Wofford, Furman, and Mercer, so it made a pretty good conference even better. What can you tell us about what you know of the Big South this year? Yeah, so Mercer is definitely going to be one of the top contenders in the conference this year. With um, They got preseason ranked one, I believe. Um, they, they've got some solid kids. They've got some, a really good offense right now. Um, they just beat Tech the other day. Um, and so it's going to be very interesting to see how that works out. Um, when we talk about the teams that have been in the Big South for a while, of course, you want to talk about rivalries. You've got a good one with Coastal Carolina. You got one with High Point. Um, year after year, it's you and High Point at the top of the conference. You guys have been in some, in some epic battles. How is that rivalry? I like to think of it as a friendly rivalry. Um, it's definitely one of those games where we go out and, and 
there's a rival between the two of us, and but at the same time, it's a respectful rival. Um, you know, High Point's been at the top of the conference for many years, and, and you have to respect that when you go into that game. Um, there's a reason why that they are there. At, at the same time, um, you know, we're out to win it. Um, but, you know, we go out there, and, and if we were to walk off the field, you know, it's very respectful. Yeah. When we get onto the field, it's all about lacrosse. No doubt. Uh, Campbell and High Point will play again this year. Last year, um, such an epic year in, in so many different ways. Longest win streak in school history. Again, you put up the most wins ever in Big South Conference history. You were in the top 20 in the nation in, get this laundry list, cause turnovers, ground balls, shots per game, shots on goal per game, draw controls per game, <laughs> points per game, scoring offense, and assists per game. Uh, you were uh, outstanding all year. The end of the year, you hit some, you, you hit some injuries, some big injuries, basically, uh, a handful of your, your top three and four players, and then you lost a couple of games close. When you think back to last year, first, tell me all the good stuff that happens, and when you think back of, of that amazing year and the team that you put together, what, what memories come out about it? So many. Um, to be honest with you, so there's a few games that I remember, but most of the stuff that I remember is the celebrations after the wins. Yeah. Um, you know, one of our big... Uh, to-dos for our team is uh, road game win ice cream. And so <laughs> the celebrations after the games and knowing that we're going to go get ice cream afterwards, I think <laughs> some of the best memories. Um, just the girls really came together last year and, um, you know, it was a full team success from, from the starters to the bench, everybody. I just felt like they did a great job of buying in and trying to accomplish the mission and, and it didn't come out our way. And, and that's really disappointing, but in so many ways, it was such a successful season. Um, between all the, all the things that we accomplished, we were just just a hair short of winning that conference championship, and, and it still burns. And I think that's what drives us this year. Yeah. Um, but I'm just so proud of the girls, and so many of my memories, to be honest, have have nothing to do with the wins and losses, yeah. but more of just being together as a team and the celebrations and accomplishments. Well, we were talking about that a little bit off air. You, you really have developed such a good repertoire w with your team. You, you guys have fun on the buses. You challenge each other a lot. It's such a competitive program that you're even challenging each other when it comes to pranks and stuff like that. Usually the head coach isn't involved with this uh, with their team. Well, why is that important to you and the team? Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's something that I set out to do as much <laughs> as it was just trying to loosen the girls up because, you know, when you have a competitive team and they are, you know, going at each other at practice and they're trying to be better, like when you're really driven towards something, sometimes you need something to just cool it for a second, to just remember it's fun. Um, and, you know, we weren't always that way, you know, it's, we, we needed to be more competitive. And now that we're finally there as the head coach, I can kind of sit back and say, okay, we're, we're being competitive. We're attacking the, the drills. We're attacking the practices. We're attacking the, the scouts. Um, and we're really putting everything that we can in. So now let's just remember that it's also a fun game. And being together is also fun. And so being able to just, um, you know, laugh about silly things, um, you know, and we try to do, try to keep them lighthearted. So, like, for example, in our team group chat, we'll find clips of practice where somebody just falls for no reason or somebody gets hit <laughs> with the ball. Really? There's been a couple of times when I the ball comes flying at my face and I fall flat on the ground and the girls Whoa. will clip it and send it to the team chat. No I mean, way. it's just a way for us to just 
keep it light and also remember that it's fun. Isn't it fun too? We talk about your your student athletes, unbelievable competitors, some of the best uh, around that they just want to win. But then when they do win, they get ice cream, which is like what would be great for eight, nine-year-olds, and they love ice cream so much. Isn't that funny that they still have enough of that kid in them? You know, kid games are so underrated. Like, the things that you can do to keep your kids entertained are the same <laughs> things that you can do to keep college kids entertained. <laughs> and it is, it is so true. Like, the, it, the, it's the simple stuff. Yeah. I mean, t- today's a great example of that. We need more camaraderie amongst our positions, so we played Hungry Hungry Hippo with lacrosse balls. I mean... You would you would think that that's silly, but and it is silly, but it's also yeah. just fun. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, hands down, vanilla with sprinkles, rainbow wow. sprinkles. I mean, I mean, that's a that's an eight nine year old. Oh, absolutely. Don Easley. And every single girl on the team knows exactly what my ice cream <laughs> order is. All right, Hungry Hungry Hippos with the cross. So I would get you, you line up like the Hungry Hungry Hippos, but you put your stick out and oh, no, move no, it back no and sticks. forth. No, no, no sticks. Oh, really? And you got to have a partner holding your, your feet, and they have to wheelbarrow to the balls. So, <laughs> I'm glad I asked for more explanation. I was impressed when it was just that. That's, uh, that's sensational. And, and you're really creating for maybe those that aren't terribly familiar with your, with your program, and especially inside the program, the, the, the fact of, of the culture that you have built and, and you had to build. Like I said, you came here in year two of a, of a fledgling program. You, you had to take over a, a program that, that had some trouble in year one for a lot of different things. You came in and basically had to build a Division One program from scratch. It took you a couple of years and now you're on this run where you, you win more games than you lose in conference every single year. You did it rather quickly and now you're at the top of the conference Take me all the way back to 10 years ago when you kind of got on campus and, and started this thing that must have looked so big for you to build a Division One program. How did you do it? How did you start? Um, there's an image that I've seen uh, going around, you know, it goes on Google where it's this mountaintop and, it, and the mountain is above the ground and what you, what you, that's what you see and you see this big mountain. But what you don't see is everything underneath and how the mountain is three times as big under the ground than it is above the ground. And that image resonates with me so much because when I, I don't really think too much about where we are right now, where we've been. But when I do start to think about it, I think, man, it was so hard. It was so hard. I felt like I was climbing out of the, out of the ditches for, for forever because we just, we, it was such hard work. And, and I think it, it goes underrated sometimes and, um, misunderstood that how hard it is to actually build what you're trying to build um, and sometimes it feels very alone sometimes you feel like you're never going to get there and and then sometimes you get glimpses of hope start coming along and um, and I don't feel like we're there yet by any means we haven't accomplished yeah. it but it, it was it was hard work so when some other people might see a mountaintop what I see is the trenches yeah yeah was there a moment or two when you thought okay this thing is going to work. My vision is at least starting. Is there a point? Absolutely. So there was glimpses through those. And, and when we were recruiting, we were, t- we were recruiting girls. Okay, this kid can do this and this kid can do that. And then we would see these what I call culture changers. And we had different culture changers throughout our program. And, and those different culture changers, we were able to 
develop and build and say, okay, that's what we want to be about. And so we want to, you know, make that kid what, what this team is about. And then we'd find another culture kid. And then we'd find another culture kid. And those kids like left a legacy along the way. And, and we still have what they've left behind, but now we've accumulated all those other kids along the way. And now we're, we've got, I told somebody the other day, I said, these are my kids. These are the kids that like get me. They, they get yeah. what I'm all about and they get what we're trying to do. And um, and we had great kids along the way, but it just took a while to get everybody on the same page. Your student athletes are just that. They are as successful in the classroom as they are um, on, on the field. How is that a priority, or how do you make that a priority from your program? I mean, it, it's, it doesn't even go, it goes unsaid that that is our number one priority. We want to make sure that our players understand not only to themselves but you know to each other that they are so much more than lacrosse players I think so much um, stress is being put on student-athletes to perform on the field and their identity is wrapped up so much in being a collegiate athlete they've been playing lacrosse since they were five years old they've had a lacrosse stick in their hand their parents have driven them to practice since they were five and and their identity is so much more than that but we want to push that on them we want them to understand that you're not just a lacrosse player you're so much more than that and so um, you know, knowing that their academics are important to them, knowing their extracurricular activities are important to them, knowing that their health and wellness matters to us. That is so important to us. Um, you know, when, as I coach my team, obviously, you know, winning games is very important, but I want my players to know that when they leave my program that they are loved and that they are more than just a lacrosse player, regardless of where they stand on the field. Boy, that is awesome, and you really have uh, been sowing those seeds. And also, I think it's four Scholar Athletes of the Year that you've had uh, in your program. Just incredible. Okay, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a lot about your past because it's unbelievably impressive, and uh, you've done a lot. We'll talk about that when we come back after the break. This is Camel Call Live from the county seat in downtown Lillington. Welcome back live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live, and we're talking women's lacrosse. Our women's lacrosse team will be back home for four of the next five matches, which is awesome. That'll start coming up this Saturday. Campbell and Old Dominion, they play at Barker Lane Stadium, and admission is free. If you have not seen our team play. It is awesome. If you're not familiar with women's lacrosse, you'll you'll learn quickly. It's a great, great, fast game, and um, we have one of the best teams around. We have one of the best coaches around as well, and so that leads me into uh, talking a little bit about what you have done in such a short time. Um, you graduated from Pfeiffer University in 2005. You finished a heralded playing career at Pfeiffer. You finished at Pfeiffer fifth all-time in points, third in goals, fourth in ground balls while leading the Lady Falcons to back-to-back -back conference championships in 04 and 05. You were an All-American, and when you think back to your playing days, what sticks out to you? Um, <laughs> uh, I, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Pl playing with a bunch of girls, you know, your teammates for life. Um, it, those are great, great days. Uh, I 
I do wish sometimes that I could go back with the knowledge that I have now and, and play all over again with the body that I had back then because um, I just feel like I'd be such a better player. But that's not the way it goes, and um, it was great. I mean, it was a great experience. We were a great team. Um, a lot of my teammates are coaches now, and um, and I feel very blessed to have played for a great coach and, um, and, and just had a great experience. How did you start way back when, when you were a kid? How did, how did women's lacrosse come into your life? Um, so I was actually, I started later in life. I didn't actually start playing lacrosse until I was a sophomore in high school. I was an avid wow. soccer player. And, um, and, you know, being from Maryland, yeah. you think Maryland's a big lacrosse state. And, and it is. Right. And where I'm from, it's, it's big now. But when I was playing, club lacrosse wasn't all that big. And so now it's, it's how you get recruited. Um, basically, you got, you, when I was getting recruited, um, coaches came to your high school, if you had a good high school, and they would come watch you play, you know, in person, not over film. Um, and if you wanted to get recruited, you would put your game film on a VHS tape, yep. and you'd send your VHS <laughs> tape to whatever um, college that you wanted to go to. And my dad did a lot of that for me. And, um, and I, I didn't actually start playing until I was a sophomore in high school. Um, and because my best friend, she told me that it would be a great idea. Um, and so I picked up a stick and never wow. looked back. And I'm very thankful for her that she introduced it to me because I don't know where I would be if I didn't have lacrosse in my life. Um, but, yeah, I started later on. Oh, my gosh. What, what position did you play soccer-wise? I was a goalie. Were you really? Yeah. No yeah. way, because you were so good offensively. Is that it? You're like, I'm tired of uh, standing back here in a goal. I'm going to play a sport where I score. I, I've never really thought about how the process worked. <laughs> I just <laughs> picked up a stick and they told me, put, I went where they told me to go. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so your resume gets uh, even more impressive. Uh, you were an assistant at Pfeiffer and that was after, well, we'll go back one. That, that was after you taught and coached in England. Um, we've talked about this a little bit before, but, but tell me about that experience. Um, so after I graduated college, I knew that I wanted to get into coaching um, but I also had a very uh, independence th about me, and I felt like there was an opportunity there where I could go travel the world for a year, work in England, and, um, and, and coach lacrosse, essentially. And so that's what I did. I got an opportunity to work with ELA, which is English, English Lacrosse Association. They sent me to a boarding school, and I got to work with uh, kids wow. ages from, I believe it was 6th grade till about 12th grade. Um, and just working with them, and it was a great experience. Um, I got to travel. I got to, you know, have an experience that you really only get once in your life, and um, I made the most of it, and very appreciative of it. Uh, my college coach hired me after I left England, um, and I got to be his assistant for two years. Wow, wow. When you think about England, where were you in the country? I was in Yorkshire, which is um, north of London by about three hours and just south of... Um, uh, south of Edinburgh by about two hours. Oh, wow. Is Edinburgh as cool of a place as I hear it is? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. What were, your, what, what were your favorite places over there? Manchester. Manchester really? was great. I really liked it there. It was just a clean city, great people. Really liked it a lot. Wow, wow. Okay, favorite food when you were over there? Uh, Got to go with the fish and chips. It was yep. pretty good, yeah. Yep. Favorite drink? Uh, Water. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Okay. Y you had mentioned it, but you went over there. You're just a couple years out of college. You were hired as an assistant. And then in the 07-08 season, three years after you graduated from Pfeiffer, you were the head coach. Three years? Yeah. I, yeah. I guess that's so, right. So the head coach at 25, 
26? 20, something like that. 26, yeah, you were the head coach coaching uh, student-athletes that weren't that much older than you were. What was that experience like? So um, when I was an assistant, the uh, I'm sorry, when I took over as a head coach, the senior class was um, freshman the year that I graduated. Wow. So I didn't actually play with them, but I did, um, I did have – I did know them pretty well yeah. just because I was part of their recruiting process. So that was really interesting. But um, I got some really great advice. Pfeiffer provided me a lot of great um, resources and mentors to help me through um, early head coaching experiences. So I, I was really grateful that Pfeiffer even gave me the experience and opportunities. And I was grateful for the mentorships that my, my bosses gave me. Yeah. I mean, you think of that right now. Right, being yeah, unreal. And, and it's just right. What what unreal. an opportunity! But also for them to have the faith in you, that that's something too, huh? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I look back on those days and think, what were they thinking? <laughs> but I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, no doubt. And then, not too many years later, still very young, um, in in the coaching game and and very young, just all together, you get the chance to be a Division One head coach at Campbell. Tell me how that came about. Um, so we had just come off our best season at Pfeiffer. Uh, we went to the national tournament for the first time in program history, and um, I felt like I'd, you know, done a really good job there, and um, there were, there had been some opportunities that came along, um, but none of them really felt right, because family is my number one priority, and, and I always want to put my family first, and so none of the opportunities that came along just felt like it was what we, what we needed as a family, and then um, I just remember one day I got a call from Bob, and, and he said, would you be interested? So we, we came out for an interview, and um, I mean, it, it was from the start. It was it was just absolutely great, and and I remember going through the whole process, and I just I just didn't say much. I just you know let I, my, Joe yeah. came with me. Joe was with me through the whole process, and and I just did a lot of praying, and I said, God, if you want, if you, this is where you want us to be. You know, tell me through Joe, and um, I didn't say much during the whole thing. After the interview was over, I looked over at Joe, and he goes, We need to move here. Really? And, and he had never lived more than thirty minutes away from home, so. Um, to move two and a half hours away was a big deal. And, and so when he said that, I thought, yep, this is, this is exactly where we need to be. Um, this is where you and I meet. Um, you are, I mean, it's such a fledgling program that, that your office uh, for Division One lacrosse is in a, uh, an old house that is actually the administration building as shoe. You are upstairs with a, a marketing guy, me, and a couple, and a couple of, of GAs. When you think back to those early days, what sticks out? Please be kind. Oh, man, lots of fun, lots of laughter, lots of, yeah. uh, uh, you know, sharing a bathroom is always interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, no, we had a good time. That, that was a lot of fun. I, I don't really know what to expect because where I had come from, the, the resources were not as yeah. available as, as they are at Campbell. And so, um, you know, just went with it, you know, like, if this is what's being provided, I'm going to make the most of it, and yeah. I'm going to go with it. And, and you know, the more we found success, the more resources we were being provided. And I just thought, okay, let's just keep on going. We're going to put our head down. We're going to work, and we're going to we're going to keep at it. You talked about building the program and, and building that mountain. How different are you as a head coach now to then? Ten years ago now. Oh, I mean, if you. <laughs> I feel like every five years I've become a different coach. I mean, from when I first became a head coach till, till when I got to Campbell to when I am now. And I've had to develop as myself as a coach with, you know, the way the game has changed, um, with the types of players that I'm bringing in. I mean, the girls that I'm coaching today are very different than the coaches, than the girls that I coached 16 years ago. Yeah. Um, just the way the culture has changed, the way that the types of players. And so I've, I've had to develop, I've had to change. And 
one of the things that I, I've always said is somebody's going to do this well. Why can't it be me? Um, so, you know, you have the choice to either get complacent and, well, these kids are not the same as they were, you know, 20 years ago or when I was a kid. Well, that's fine, but if, if I'm going to be successful, I need to change with the times as well, and I need, I need to develop as a coach. What, what things have you changed with the times with? How, how have, you, have you developed to still stay on top of your game? Um, recruiting assistant coaches who are um, recently played, who can work with me and, and, and teach me the new stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, that's been a big one because, I mean, not to like really age myself, but when I played, we didn't have boundaries. I didn't have goggles. We barely even had restraining lines. The sticks have changed. Um, wow. I mean, and now you're, and we had a stop on every whistle. And now the game has changed to the point where you have boundaries, you have restraining lines. It's a, it's a fast-paced game where when the whistle blows, you keep playing. So the, the game has changed so incredibly so much that I have had to have assistants who've played in these recent rules to help me understand how the game works. Um, so that's been one. Um, but also just understanding my players as people has been a, a big part of what I'm trying to do because, like I said before, it's really important for me to, for my girls to know that they're loved and that I care about them so much more than lacrosse players. And, um, but also having those players that care enough about the sport to want to win and to yeah. want to compete um, and being able to figure out what that looks like in the recruiting process. Yeah. Brag a little bit on, on your assistants. You have a couple of really good ones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've got Kelsey who came from, uh, she was, she's played at Syracuse. She's from, from New York. Um, she was a goalie there. And so if you're going to, you know, train a midfielder to turn into a goalie, right. what better person to have than Kelsey? And she's done a great job with the defense. We, you know, with the game, the way the game's changing, being able to pressure out and put put some pressure onto the ball handlers, and being able to um, play quality man defense and in, in zones, you know, being able to be flexible within the different types of defenses, she's done a great job of really teaching the girls on how to do that, um, and, and she's just been a, a great asset, especially when making changes to other teams. And then um, Lauren came from, um, she was at Wofford last year. And then she came via Wagner, and she played under a girl named Katie Rowan, who was also at Syracuse, who actually coached Kelsey. So we got a, a little no bit way. of a Syracuse there chain go. there. And, um, you know, when Katie Rowan calls you and tells you you need to take a look at, at, at Lauren Edney, yeah. I, I'm listening because uh, Katie was an incredible, incredible player. Um, so, yeah, she's doing a great job at the offense and really teaching them, uh, teaching them a lot of new things that I had never really thought about before. So... Um, I'm really grateful for her input. And she was a midfielder of the year for her conference, so um, she's got a lot of wow. experience. Um, when, you, when you think about um, the family that you've created, and you've mentioned it a, a couple of different times with, uh, with family first, you met your husband, Joe, who was a student athlete at Pfeiffer. Um, that has to be, it's, it's kind of an incredible story, you two, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we met at Pfeiffer. We were friends. He was on the basketball team and um, an incredible basketball team at that. They went to the Elite Eight in Division Two and um, very successful. So he definitely comes from a place where he understands college athletics. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I was living in England, he was actually the assistant coach at Pfeiffer for a year. Um, and so he, when you're going to have a family and you're going to be in college sports, if you want to have a family and you want to keep your family number one priority, your spouses definitely need to understand what the job is yep. all about <laughs> um, because he is an absolute saint and he is the one that keeps our lives together most of the time. Um, but yeah, we met at Pfeiffer and then when I went to England, that's when we started dating and then I came back and, um, we dated for a couple of months, got engaged a couple months later, we got married. Um, we just kind of knew from the start that it yeah. was, it was, we were in it for good. So, um, we've been together ever since. That's amazing. And three wonderful kids, Caleb, Corey, and 
Riley, how do you keep your team at home coached up well as well? Um, uh, <laughs> organized chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we've tried to keep our kids uh, early on. We've tried to teach them how to take care of their stuff. It yeah. doesn't always work that way, but yeah. um, constant text messaging between Joe and I. My parents actually just moved here, um, and so they live a mile away, so now they're helping us out with the kids. So nice. a lot of group texts, yeah. a lot of them. <laughs> Um, that's uh, that's so, so wonderful. Um, finally, we'll circle it all the way back to your team this year. What do you hope for this team? What are your expectations for them? I know it's just very early, but, but, but what do you think you got? We have a group of girls who are absolutely committed to the mission of winning a conference championship. We have one more take at winning a Big South championship, and they are 100% committed. I... I have never seen a group of girls who spend so much time just watching film on their own, getting on the field, getting out extra shots, asking questions to the coaches. I mean, our, our, the text messages that we go back and forth, girls asking us, why is so-and-so not on the scout? Or what do you think about this? I mean, just the absolute commitment that the girls have to making sure that we accomplish our mission is, is absolutely incredible. And while it's still a work in progress and we're still working through some of our our finer points, I have no doubt that the girls want this so bad. Well, Coach, thank you so much. You're in the middle of a three-game road trip. You came by to uh, stop with us. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. That's Campbell Head women's lacrosse coach Dawn Easley. Her student-athletes are back uh, at Campbell coming up this Saturday at 1. Okay, we'll give away a special edition bobblehead and have more of Campbell Call Live when we come back after the break. To the county seat in downtown Lillington. You can listen to every broadcast live on GoCamels.com and the Varsity Sports app. If you miss us live, you can catch us on the Camel Call Live podcast. It drops every Tuesday on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and most places you get your podcast. We are going to give away a uh, prize pack as we do every Monday here at the county seat. So get out your tickets. And the winner of the prize pack, which is... A limited edition Gladys the Camel bobblehead. 625 625-971. 625-971. 625-971. Awesome. <laughs> a friendly face. <laughs> Good to see you. Thank you so much for coming. Every time uh, you come to the county seat, you have a chance to uh, win one of our um, great prizes. Okay, we are in full swing now with uh, winter sports as this is championship week as one of the championships have already wrapped up, Campbell Track and Field. They finished second in both the men's and women's team standings. We had an amazing um, outputting of uh, some great individual awards. Our head coach, Virgil Givens, he was named the Big South Men's Coach of the Year. C.J. McBride, he was the men's most outstanding performer and most valuable athlete. Get this, he earned first place marks in the high jump and the triple jump and third place in the long jump. Chastity Pickett was named women's most valuable athlete. She finished first in the 60 meters, 60 meter hurdles and 200 meters. Kaylee Elliott was named women's freshman of the year after earning points in the 4 by 400 meter relay. 60 meters, 60 hurdles, and 200 meters for the Camels as well. Omar 
Lakeland Bass, they were both named to our Big South All-Academic team. It was a sensational performance from our men's and women's indoor team. So great to, uh, to, to see them just uh, get so many medals and so much on the podiums. Um, an amazing, amazing performance from them over the weekend. We can't wait to see uh, what's going to happen in outdoor uh, this year. All right, talking basketball. Mark is here with me now because he goes to every basketball game just like <laughs> I do. And as we come up to championship time, the uh, men's and women's Big South Conference tournament is in Charlotte again this year. It's really a great event. It's one week. Both the men and the women play. It's at the Bojangles Coliseum, which is a neat renovated arena just off of downtown Charlotte. in Charlotte. And it starts coming up. It will start um, this week. The men uh, will play on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. versus PC. If they win that game, they'll go to the semifinals, on, uh, the quarterfinals Quarter on Friday, finals. where they will play um, Longwood and the women. Seeded third, they began their quest for a championship. They will play Longwood uh, at 8 o'clock on Thursday. They get a bye, and so they're automatically in the quarterfinals. And, Mark, let's talk about the women. What do you think about the women's team so far this year? I've been very impressed with them, and I think we split both games with Longwood during the regular season, but I think we've got a good chance. Yeah, no doubt, as uh, they are sensational. If this is when it really gets fun, you have the quarterfinals Thursday for the women, you have the quarterfinals Friday for the men, and then you have all four semifinals, men's and women's, throughout the day on Saturday, and you have both finals on Sunday as, as well. So it will be a really, really interesting week and a lot of fun, and of course, Campbell's last in the Big South Conference. So, uh, again, all of those games will be on ESPN+. Plus. The championships will be on ESPNU on Sunday for the women's and ESPN2 for, for the, men. the men. Absolutely. Then on Saturday, as if there's not enough sports uh, going on, it will be the SOCON tournament as our wrestling team is in the Southern Conference, and they're trying to win their fifth straight conference tournament, which is uh, just outstanding it's a it's a wrestling program mark that has has really built into a power juggernaut true they've always had it's always been campbell or appalachian state being first in the regular yep. season and go on to the tournament no doubt no doubt the uh, rankings coaches rankings just came out and this is important in case you get upset in the tournament there are at-large bids campbell has sent six seven to the ncaa tournament um, in the past, but at 125 pounds, Anthony Moulton, he's mm. ranked 31st. Dom Zaccone ranked 23rd at 133. At number 17 in the RPI as well, Shannon Hanna is ranked number 32 at 141. Troy Nation, he is ranked 31 at 157. Caleb Hopkins, who has been on this show, he is ranked number 30. His brother Levi, those are the two. You remember the salmon farmers from uh, Alaska. Um, he's ranked number 26. And uh, Tay Gadali uh, rounds out the camels on the list. He's ranked as the number 15th heavyweight in the entire country. Um, so, again, it's a, uh, it's a good, good crew and a crew that uh, could end up winning, which is just unprecedented, a fifth straight conference tournament championship. Yeah. 
So that is all the amazing stuff going on with uh, Campbell Athletics. Mark, thanks for stopping by. Anytime. We'd like to thank uh, Campbell head women's lacrosse coach Don Easley. I'm Chris Amire saying so long, and we'll see you next, next Monday. Monday right here on Camel Call Live from the county seat. Good night, everybody.